الحمد لله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله I think we have to start now. We can't delay anymore. It's nine o'clock. We were meant to begin at eight thirty. So let us begin, inshallah ta'ala. It's going to be, as you can see, a talk on love for the final Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in faith and practice, by Sheikh Mamduh Muhammad, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairan. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتدي ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو على كل شيء قدير وأصلي وأسلم على المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أحبتي في الله أحييكم بتحية الإسلام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. As you've just heard this nice topic, which is the love for the final prophet in faith and practice. And let me tell you one of the weaknesses of the speakers usually when they are assigned to speak about a topic that's so nice. They become intrigued and they become in an awkward situation because really they don't find the words or the adjectives or the vocabulary that would help them talk about uh, this topic, especially if we talk about the topic that talks about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What else is a nice, a nicer topic than this? But this really puts me in a critical situation, and I hope Allah subhanahu wa taala. Would support me to find the good words to talk about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his love. First of all, I'll talk very quickly about a definition of love, and I'm sure that all of you know that. And then, why should we love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and how should we love him? And the fruits of loving him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And uh, let me tell you the story behind this lecture. One time, I attended a lecture by Dr. Jafar Sheikh Idris, who is my teacher and my boss at the same time. He is the president of the American Open University, and I am one of the teachers there. And uh, he talked about almost the same topic, and he covered eleven. Uh, items or eleven points about how should we love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and why, and then I was so interested in the topic that when I went home, I started working on these eleven points, and I got them up to eighteen on that night. So in the following day, I made them twenty-two, and uh, I got an idea of. Uh, Having a title of a book, One Hundred One Reasons to Love Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and believe me, up to now I reached number ninety. Of course, I'm not going to read all of them, but I want you to do me a favor uh, to help me finish this work. If you find while my talk is going on, if you find a reason why should we love Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, please write it. 
and pass it and write your name on it and inshallah you will get a free copy of the book. Deal? First, uh, this, this is for the brothers and sisters, so please focus on it and try to find some reasons why should we love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A quick definition of love, it's, it's a, a cordial tendency or inclination towards someone which can be expressed by many ways. And the best way is to obey him or her. I'm talking generally. By the way, we, we are in the United States are programmed to say he or she or him or her all the time. Otherwise, the feminist movement will give us hard time. So bear up with us. The, the best way, of course, too, to translate this love into action and into obedience of the person that you love. And we have uh, many poetry, many lines of poetry in Arabic. And one of them is, لو كان حبك صادقا لأطعته إن المحب لمن يحب مطيع if you really have a true love for him, you would have obeyed him because the lover always obeys the one who is beloved. Uh, so this is a quick definition of it. When you love someone, you love to see him or to see her day and night. You love to hear from him or her. You love to hear stories about him or about her. You love to be in his company or in her company as much as you can. You love to imitate him or to imitate her. And you can see the kids in your houses, how daughters would, would imitate their mothers by doing exactly, uh, by wearing their shoes, by making some makeups, by... Yes, when you love someone, you find young kids are imitating their parents uh, by praying, and they don't know, they know nothing about prayer, but usually the person who loves imitate the one who is loved. And also you do things that he or she loves. And also you love the people who love the person that you love. And you observe that your heart beats when he or she is mentioned. I'm sure, I'm sure that the lovers know that very well. And you find even tears rolling down your cheeks when he or she is mentioned. And to tell you something very quick, yesterday I was talking with Dr. Jaffer on the car while we are on our way from Heathrow to here. And we talked about the death of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And believe me, the, to the best of my knowledge, the majority of the Muslims, when they come, when they read the seerah and when they come to the issue of the death of Prophet Muhammad wasallam you find, if not all of them, the majority of them are crying and weeping. They cannot. And really, when I read the seerah of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, I usually skip the last part because I cannot control myself out of love to this Prophet ﷺ. And also, you feel lonely when you are away from the person you love. I'm sure that lovers can talk more and more about their feelings when they talk about love and about the persons whom they love. Now, we'll move from the general love into the specific love of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the question is raised is why should we love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? 
Uh, you can start writing, taking notes, because this might help you uh, to avoid redundance in, in the suggestions that you are going to suggest. First, we love him because it is part of our faith. None of us can be labeled as a Muslim or as a believer uh, without believing in Prophet Muhammad and bearing witness that he وسلم, is the messenger of Allah because we usually say La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Muhammadun Rasulullah. So this is an inseparable part of our belief. You cannot separate it. You cannot say La ilaha illallah without mentioning Muhammad Rasulullah because he is the one who brought the message and who is the one who brought the Quran to us. So it's inseparable part of our belief. We cannot be called Muslims without bearing witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So, again, his love is an act of worship. It's part of worship. See the verse in the Quran that says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ Say, if you really in true love and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, follow me. And this would lead you to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, you see that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his place here is to be followed. Because this triggers the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, we love Prophet Muhammad because he did to us the biggest favor that we can attribute to him. He guidance was given to us through Prophet Muhammad. You love someone usually when he does you a favor, when he puts the, the prayer mat in front of you to pray, you thank him and you say, Jazakallah khairan, because he did a favor to you. When he guides you to a shortcut to do something better, you thank him for that. Whatever people do to you, if they do something good to you, you thank them. You thank them from your heart. So we, of course, thank and love Prophet Muhammad for the guidance that he brought us, which is the Quran and his Sunnah. Again, we love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because as the hadith said, he is Sayyid Walad Adam. He is the master. He is the best human being. He is the best son of the descendants of Adam. And of course, all of us, when you know that someone is good, when you know that this scholar is good, you love him. When you know that this leader is good, you love him and follow him. And Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been, as has been described in the hadith, that he is Sayyid Walad Adam, the master of the children or the son of Adam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And again, he is the one who taught us the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without the explanation of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the verses of the Quran in many hadiths, we would have never got clear understanding and tafsir of the Qur'an. 
So this is another attribute. When, when you learn something from a scholar, you love him very much because he explained this thing to you. So and Prophet Muhammad sallam, explained almost every piece of the Quran to us. He, we love him for the, his unmatched personality and character. Everybody who knew Prophet Muhammad sallam, praised him. Even his enemies and his wives. And I'll talk about this separately. And you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised him by this nice saying in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم صلى الله عليه وسلم. The one who describes Prophet Muhammad وسلم, now is not a human being. He's the Lord of the world. He's the Lord of all human beings, describing a human being, Muhammad وسلم, by having the best morals among all human beings. Not only having the best of them, but he is on the top of these morals. And linguistically speaking, if you analyze this verse, you would find it's amazing. It has four emphatic forms. As if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying it four times. Inna is an emphatic form. Lam is another. La'ala. Lam is another emphatic form. Ala khuluqin azim, which is the prepositional phrase, is another emphatic form. And the nominal sentence versus the verbal sentence is another emphatic form. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing this meaning by four emphatic meanings in a short verse like this, in a very short verse. So this is something to be proud of and to love the person who, who has been described by having the best of the good morals by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is really a very important thing about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And I admit that I got it from Dr. Jafar Sheikh Idris, and I have never heard it from another person Unlike probably all human beings, I would exclude the prophets of Allah from this. The more you dig into a personality of any human being, the more you dislike him. Am I correct? You might love a person from the first sight, and after you know him for some time, you started observing and watching his weaknesses or her weaknesses because we are human beings, right? But you know when you know people superficially, you usually love them. But every day you know them more and more and you deal with them in different situations, you start knowing their weaknesses, right? You remember people uh, uh, such as big people, presidents and congressmen and parliament people and all those leaders and after some times you find the relationship with Monica Lewinsky and other people and the more you know about them the more you know about human beings in general the more you discover the weaknesses Prophet Muhammad is unlike that the more you know about Prophet Muhammad the more you love them Every time you get something new about Prophet Muhammad you love him more and more and more and more. 
And he is different from all human beings in this respect. And this is something amazing. Try to think of a person that you love. And try to see your relationship with him or her. If he's your wife or your mother or your father, you start finding the weaknesses in them as human beings. And you start at least becoming a little bit less loving them than before because you knew their weaknesses. But this is, never happens with Prophet Muhammad Every time you know a quality of Prophet Muhammad and you compare him in specific quality with all other human beings, you find him unmatched. Nobody matches Prophet Muhammad in any one of his qualities. And just think of any quality that Prophet Muhammad had. For example, this would take us to another quality, the quality of being generous to others. You remember the one who came to him from one of the tribes and asked him to give me something from what Allah gave you. And Prophet Muhammad told him, look at this valley, it was full of sheep, lamb, full of sheep and goat. And he told him, go and take it and it's all yours. A whole valley full of animals, sheep, and cattle. And Prophet Muhammad ﷺ told him, it's all yours. The man couldn't believe him. Couldn't believe that there's such a person in the world would give him such an amount of wealth at one time. And he took it. And he went to his village. And he told them about the story. And he told them that Muhammad ﷺ is the one who pays, huh, who gives huh, without feeing, being afraid of being poor. Have you ever heard about a human being who did this? Just please share with me, say. Have you ever heard a human being who did that? Have you ever, you yourself, did something similar to this once in your lifetime? The answer is no. He is really the best human being, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in all his qualities. Not only in one attribute or one quality, but in all his qualities, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let's take another quality of Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To be thankful to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to be grateful to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know that scholars, when they from one perspective, they uh, examine and analyze Islam. They say that Islam can be divided into two parts. One of them is shukr, being grateful and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the other part is uh, sabr, being patient. So in the issue of, of, of being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you see his situation, how many times he fasted and how many times he prayed the nawafil and how many times he prayed the hajjit to the degree that his feet became swollen. And you know that the feet usually don't swell before two hours or more. It means he was standing at least two hours praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, salat al-tahajjud, to the degree that his wife Aisha radiallahu anha told him that, isn't it enough for you, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave all your sins, the previous and the coming, isn't it enough for you? 
What was the response? What was the response? أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا Shouldn't I be a thankful and grateful slave to his Lord? Usually when we achieved a level of achievement or success and we are pleased with it, we don't want to continue. When you get your PhD, you don't want to continue. Even if you are very ambitious, you might go to a level of post-doctoral studies or research And then after some time, it fades. You feel that you are satisfied with the level that you reached. But this had never happened with Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Shouldn't we love him for this quality? And again, compare him with other human beings, yes, who did something similar to him. Another thing we love Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is that he is the most influential person on the whole earth. Michael Hart, if you remember this name, an American writer, in 1989 wrote his famous book, uh, The Most Influential 100 Person in the World. And he mentioned a lot of them, Einstein, and he mentioned even Hitler, and he mentioned Jesus, alayhi salam, and on the top of them, he put Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, A man from Arabia, from the desert of Arabia, to have his followers almost everywhere or every inch in the world. There are 1.3 billion Muslims, whether they are true Muslims or so-called Muslims, they are the followers of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. They bear witness that La ilaha illallah and Muhammad wasallam is his messenger. There is no other person in the world by the writings even of the non-Muslims that is so influential uh, like Prophet Muhammad We love him for another reason. We love him because we know the hadith that says, المرء مع من أحب The person will be gathered in the day of judgment with those whom he loves. So if you love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you would be with him. And by the way, this hadith is, is very important in sometimes in debating with some people who love other persons. And you reach a level, you reach to a bottleneck or a dead end. You cannot argue with them because they love those people uh, so much that even they love them more than Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam like those of Hizb al-Ba'ath, like those who love some presidents or some people usually. Uh, and nowadays there are some uh, competition in some companies, in some countries they say that uh, the, for example, the British idol or the American idol or the Egyptian idol or the Pakistani idol, who is the person who is most uh, beloved and worshipped by people. Uh, and you see, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In this way, if we love him, we would be with him on the Day of Judgment. This sometimes when you find people are so touched to, uh, by other people, you would say that, remember that you will be gathered on the Day of Judgment with the person that you love. If you see, if you love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you would be with him. If you love another person, you would be with him. Uh, this is very, very important in, 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 in debating with others who deviated from the path.
Prophet Muhammad left nothing evil without warning us against it. And left nothing good without teaching us this goodness in it. And this is, by the way, is very important in our belief because sometimes people would come up with new ideas and new suggestions about the religion. In other words, bid'ahs, innovation. And a lot of us might be deceived by these beautiful sound innovations. And this is, in fact, we should guard ourselves and protect ourselves against these new things by believing that Muhammad never left anything in this religion to be completed. And, in fact, yeah, I read a note uh, in the United States. Some Muslims wrote it. Uh, basically, generally speaking, the note is very nice. It's a friendly note to your neighbor. Uh, but among the nine items in it, there was an item that says Islam and democracy are compatible and complementary. Of course, a very nice uh, sounding uh, statement. However, it's, it's very dangerous. I think the word compatible might be it's okay in some respect uh, because they explained it. But when we say complementary, that means Islam was missing something and democracy completed it, or vice versa. And in both cases, this is not a real way of looking at Islam because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, اليَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمْ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ Today I completed and I perfected the religion for you. There's nothing missing to be completed by other things. So it's very important uh, basic belief for us to know that the religion is complete. We don't need any ideology to add something to this religion. Otherwise, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah amma yaquluna uluwan kabira, is uh, incorrect. It's very important to analyze words and understand them. And these are some of the dangerous words. So Prophet Muhammad sallallahu never left anything Anything good in this religion without teaching us about it. And he warned us against every evil in this dunya. You find the tolerance that Prophet Muhammad ﷺ passed through. Usually you love to see people tolerant. They pass from one fitna into another, from one test into another. You see what happened to Prophet Muhammad ﷺ when he was kicked out of Mecca and when he was treated badly and he was taken, uh, his fortune and his, his, what, what his properties were taken from him and he was expelled out of Mecca and he went to Taif to make da'wah and the people hit him until he bleeded, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when you see his sayings after that, talking, addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, إِلَّمْ يَكُنْ بِكَ غَضَبٌ عَلَيَّ I don't care of whatever calamity occurs happening to me or happens to me or occurs to me unless it is an anger from you. So I'm ready to bear up with any calamity that falls upon me unless it is an anger from you. 
see how he addresses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is willing to accept any test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so long as this test is not a sign of anger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِلَّمْ يَكُمْ بِكَ غَضَبٌ Again, he is the most beloved person in the world. And there are many stories about that. And you see that almost every Muslim defends Prophet Muhammad And you know what happened when the story, the satanic verses of Salman Rushdie uh, was published. That you see that Muslims were raged and they were upset and angry and they were looking for Salman Rushdie because he insulted uh, the Prophet ﷺ by his writing. And this is a sign that no, no other human being is loved than Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. You just look at, for example, just if you try to think of this point and compare Prophet Muhammad ﷺ with any other human being and you see how much they are loved. Prophet Muhammad ﷺ by Muslims, every day at least every Muslim makes prayer on Prophet Muhammad ﷺ at least seven times a day. At least. And this doesn't happen about any person. If you mention now any name, any person, you would find people might praise him, but not every time. But not every time. But Prophet Muhammad sallallahu all the Muslims say sallallahu alayhi wa at least, or Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa at least a day, seven times a day. Just multiplied by the 1.3 billion or less than this because of the children. So you find that he, no other human being is more beloved than Prophet Muhammad And this is even very good for those who follow the majority rule. Some people even, they just follow the majority. If they find the majority love this person, they love him. If they find the majority loves this person, they love him. Even with this, you would find Prophet Muhammad is the most beloved one. Again, Prophet Muhammad is the best of us in dealing with his family members, especially his wives. And uh, uh, he said in the hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Khayrukum, Khayrukum li ahlihi, wa ana Khayrukum li ahli. The best of you, the best amongst you, is the one who treats his family in good manners. And I am the best amongst you. And just, I was in one seminar, and this was in Houston, Texas. And it was about marriage and love. Yes. And I said, okay, now, you know that when you live some time with your spouse, all of you know the weakness of each other. And now I would ask you, the wives of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as well as other people used to describe Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as uh, as the gentle breeze. You know the gentle breeze of the morning, early morning? The way he dealt with, with his wives is just very soft way. And I would ask you now this question to know. How many of you would think that his wife would describe him that a person who has a gentle breeze? Raise your hand. 
Sisters, I'm telling sisters, one person only raised his hand and he, he was reluctant. <laughs> then, uh, so there are no gentle breezes here. <laughs> and th- this is really something very serious. Very serious, yes. Our wives usually, yes, know our weaknesses and know, yes, that we are not gentle breeze. But the wives of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu described him to be a gentle breeze. And that's why no wonder but every woman in the world would, would love to marry Prophet Muhammad sallallahu yeah. So check yourself and see when you change your mind, send me a letter and say that I started to be a gentle breeze. When your wife says about you, you are a gentle breeze. Are you a gentle breeze? <laughs> now everybody sees you. I'll have to ask. Huh? I'll have to ask. Oh, please ask her. Yeah. Again, his, his love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, every one of us, we love him for that, would have something of his own interest. He feels very comfortable with it either to join people, good people, and to stay for some time with them, to make hajj probably every year if you can, or to make umrah from time to time, or to be, yes, to, to love something, to love a hobby or to love something. But Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the best thing he loves in this life is what? Is the prayer. The time when we, he starts connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. جُعِلَتْ قُرَّةَ عَيْنِي فِي الصَّلَاةِ The peril of my eye was with the best time, the comfort of my eye, the comfort of my life was made on the time when I start praying. We might wish to be that, and we wish, and we strive hard to be that, but we have not reached this yet, you know. You want to pray, we prayed now very quickly, and you came very quickly here, to attend the lectures. Probably the focus was on the lecture more than on the, in the prayer. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very good quality of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ that again, nobody else does it uh, like Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Again, his, his humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, unfortunately, nowadays, especially those who live in Western countries where they pay a lot of attention to the individual work. And all the time you hear all these capital I, I did that, and I made that, and we achieved that. It gives you a sense of arrogance. See, the Prophet Muhammad every achievement that he did, he used to attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even this hadith that he mentioned, إِنَّمَا جُعِلَتْ قُرَّةِ It was made by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was taught the brief words that would express a lot of meaning. Everything he was asked about, huh, he would attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, this humbleness, you don't find a single human being is similar to Prophet Muhammad wasallam in this respect. And that's why we love him so much, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We love Prophet Muhammad When you hear this hadith, that's an authentic hadith, I'll read it for you. 
that Prophet Muhammad will be the first one to be received in paradise. Would you love to be with him? Of course, you do. عن أنس رضي الله عنه أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم آتي باب الجنة يوم القيامة فأستفتح فيقول الخازن من أنت فأقول محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فيقول بك أمرت لأفتح لا أفتح لأحد قبلك رواه مسلم meaning on the day of judgment Prophet Muhammad says that I approach the gate of paradise and I ask the one who guards it, who keeps the door of paradise, and I would say that open for me. And he would say, he would say who are you? He would say that I am Muhammad. He would say, welcome. I have been commanded not to open the door for anyone before you. So Prophet Muhammad will be the first one to have the gates of paradise open for him. And we love him for that. And we want to be his followers, inshallah, on that day. Again, we love him because he loves his nation. As the other hadith would say that on the day of judgment, every prophet and every human being will be saying, nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself. You want to save yourself on that day. The only person who would say, ummati, ummati, oh my nation, my nation. He wants to save his nation and his focus will be on his nation is Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Again, we love him because we hopefully want to get his shafa'ah, his intercession on the day of judgment. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give, to give Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa this shafa'ah on the day of judgment. So we hope that he would use it for us, inshallah, sallallahu alayhi wa Again, we love him and follow him because if we disobey him, فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ If we disobey Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the result is going to hellfire. So to avoid being in hellfire, we obey and we love Prophet Muhammad Another hadith that was talking about almost the same issue. من صلى علي حين يصبح عشرا وحين يمسي عشرا this is one of the ways to get the shafa'a of Prophet Muhammad and this is an authentic hadith narrated in At-Tabari uh, it says whoever makes salah upon me ten times in the morning and ten times in the evening he deserves to get my shafa'a on the day of judgment is that easy? to make salah upon Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu ten times in the morning and ten times in the evening, every day. And in this way, inshallah, you get uh, shafa'a uh, through Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And again, Prophet Muhammad said, in, and this is a hadith in a Tirmidhi, uh, that says, Al-Bakhilu man dhukirtu indahu falam yusalli alayya. The real miser and the real stingy person is the person whom my name is mentioned in front of him or her, and he doesn't make prayer on me. He doesn't make, he doesn't say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the real stingy and miser person. Again, we love him because to the best of our knowledge that Muhammad وسلم, is a messenger for both mankind and jinn. And this is a status that probably no other messenger reached. We love him because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him as a mercy not only for uh, the Arabs, not only for the Muslims, but for all human beings. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We love him because we want to approach paradise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَمَن يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا You love him and see his mercy represented in the situation like when he opened Mecca. Try to imagine that all the military leaders usually, when they achieve a great victory, victory, they start the issue of revenge. Revenge against people. Unfortunately, they... they rape women, they burn houses, they destroy people just for the sake of destruction to show that they achieved something. Compare them with Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who when he opened Mecca وسلم, and went inside, see his humbleness, he was leaning on the back of his camel about to almost to touch the back of the camel out of humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who helped do, the, uh, do that. And when the captives of Mecca were there and he asked them, what do you think I'm going to do to you? And they said that we've known you as a generous and a good person. Akhun uh, Karimun, a good brother, and Ibn Akhun Karim, a good cousin. And Prophet Muhammad ﷺ told them, اذهبوا فأنتم الطلقاء Go, you are free. I'll do nothing to you. I think the whole history of the world has never witnessed a situation like that, except from Muhammad ﷺ and probably from the other messengers of Allah. Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, again, another type of mercy. A mercy for the kuffar. A mercy upon the kuffar. And this is a very important lesson for us. All of us, yes, sometimes become so passionate and we forget about our main message in, in, in giving it to other people. When Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was beaten by and thrown and stoned by the people of Al-Taif, and the angel of Al-Jibal came to him and asked him, Command me, command me to destroy them by hitting the two mountains upon them. 
And they were kuffar. They were disbelievers. And not only just disbelievers, they attacked him. They injured him. See how much suffering he had from them. However, his response was, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't, 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 don't do that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring from their offspring, from their children, those who might worship you. See the mercy upon the kuffar, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might guide them one day. And we are the tools for that. So, and even when people suffer in such situations as they are doing now after September 11, they shouldn't forget their message in, in, in having mercy even upon the non-Muslims because they need your mercy and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might guide them and they become like you. Again, this is something, uh, probably this is a lesson for us. If you want to know how to love your wife, do as Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does. You know that one time the companions were sitting, learn this etiquette of love from Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't be shy, by the way. Most of the Muslims, yes, mix culture and religion. And they don't do lots of things because they are from their culture and they think that this is part of the religion. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, was sitting among the... The companions, radiallahu anhum. And one time, Amr ibn al-As, radiallahu anhum, said, uh, asked Prophet Muhammad, who is the most beloved person to you? And he said, Aisha, radiallahu anhum. By the way, this was in front of all the male companions. How many of you, if you are asked this question, you would mention the name of your wife? You would feel that this is something shameful. I don't know why. Anyway, so Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said, Aisha. And, and uh, Umar ibn Lassi said, no, 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 I don't mean women. I mean men. Yeah. He said that Abuha. He didn't define, he didn't know that Abu Bakr Siddiq was, was his intimate friend, his close friend. But he didn't mention his name. He mentioned the name, he mentioned Aisha. He attributed the name of, of, of uh, Abu Bakr to Aisha. He said that Abu, her father. He didn't say Abu Bakr. See how much love he had for his wife. How many of you do that? You don't do that. You don't do that, yes. And, and this is something really we need to follow. That. And when we come to uh, how to follow the... Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we need really to abide by these things. We feel that something went, something that doesn't match. It doesn't match, yes, our culture, but it does match our religion. And I know that sisters love to hear that, and they usually tell me, please uh, tell the brothers to be romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I say, hey, sisters, Yes, you are born by default to be romantic, but brothers are not by default. They need to learn that. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, this is something that we love about Prophet Muhammad wasallam. Is that his life was so clear that one of the authors, Western authors, wrote a book, and he said that this statement about Prophet Muhammad He said that, 
Prophet Muhammad was born under the sun. There is nothing hidden in the life of Prophet Muhammad But there is many things hidden in the life of every human being. Tell me something that's hidden in the life of Prophet Muhammad Even in the bathroom, we know how he cleaned himself. Even when he slept with his wives, we know how he slept with his wives. There is nothing hidden in the life of Prophet Muhammad He was born under the sun. And I would ask you as British, Britisher citizens, when was Queen Elizabeth born? Can I get an answer? What year? Huh? 18? Speak up. 1814, alhamdulillah, one person, yes. When was Prophet Muhammad ﷺ born? What year? Raise your hand. See how many hands? Just, this is a very vivid example. Almost every Muslim would know Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was born in the year of Al-Fil, the year of the event of the elephant. But even Queen Elizabeth, yes, that you are loyal to her, and you should be, yes. And this is the oath that Dr. Jafar was talking about, yeah. You don't know her birthday, only one person. I'm sure you have the citizenship. <laughs> there, yes, there are many other things. Yes. Uh, also, this is one, I think, yes, one attribute that Muslims, by the way, uh, are missing from uh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's the, 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 the person who has almost all the time he has a smile on his face. But it seems that nowadays we are contradicting Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Every day we know about Islam, we go deeper into Islam. We don't smile more and more. The, the normal way of looking for Prophet Muhammad was having a smile on his face. Unless he comes to the issue of the prayer, his face would change. Or unless something is said about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to develop this attitude of having big smiles on our face. I don't know what's wrong with that. But it seems that we are, every day we become... So good Muslims or better Muslims, we have less smiles on our faces. I don't know why is that. Again, the belief of us is not complete, as Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, unless we, be, we love Prophet Muhammad wasallam, as the hadith said, Wallahi la yu'minu ahadukum hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi min waladihi وَوَالِدِهِ وَنَفْسِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ Nobody will be a complete believer or a real, a true believer unless I become to him more, more beloved to him than his son or his child and his parent and himself and all human beings. And this is really a real criterion you are going to owe me something. Put it here. Uh, 
unless I become more beloved to him than his child, than his parent, than himself, than all human beings. And this is a very important criteria to see where your love is. Is it with Prophet Muhammad or is it with another human being? I will conclude here, then I'll move to this part. How do we love Prophet Muhammad The first thing is by following the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad following what he did. And this is really, I think, it's a very important role for us if we go from here. Carrying this mission, it's a mission of filtering our culture and separating what is taken from our culture and what is taken from the religion because one of our enemies is our culture. We usually see through the eyes of the culture and probably Dr. Jafar mentioned something about it and almost every scholar talks about it. You see that when you are in within the culture, you don't see the bigger picture. The companions, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, I'm sorry, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, one time he was sitting with the companion and they saw him crying and weeping. And they asked him, hey, Umar, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? You cried and, and, and you laughed at the same time. He said that I cried when I remember that I buried my daughter alive. This was their culture at that time. He buried his daughter alive. And by the way, they didn't, they didn't hate women. In fact, they loved women very much. They buried them out of love because you know that in a tribal country that the tribes attack each other and when the one conquers the others, they take the women as captives. So to defend their honors, they used to do that. But he felt so sorry. He didn't see the big picture because he was affected by the culture. And then they asked him, what made you laugh? He said that I remember the days when I was in time of jahiliya, and we used to make idols out of date. You know idols. They used to make statues and idols out of date. You know the date that you'll eat. And when we become hungry, we eat them. They eat their gods. And they didn't see something wrong with that. You laugh because now you are out of the culture. But if you are within the culture, you don't see that. In India, nowadays, there are 360 million idols. And nobody laughs inside India. They don't see that there's something wrong. And when you invite them to one god... They would say exactly as the Arabs did. Did he make all these idols into one idol only? This is something very strange. You see, the cultural issues affect us a lot. You find us doing lots of things out of culture. 
and you ask them, why are you doing this? You would say that our parents and our grandparents doing this. And the Quran criticizes this to be just a blind follower by saying, Even if their parents don't know anything and they are not guided, you still follow them? And I think part of our job is to filter the religion from the culture. You find that we learn it in, in our cultures how to celebrate the birthday of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. Am I correct? Yes. Did Prophet Muhammad Wasallam celebrate his? No. Did the compa- companions do this? No. Only we learn this from our culture. It has nothing to do with the religion. And lots, lots of things. We just do them because we follow the culture. And here, if we really need to show love to Prophet Muhammad we should follow his sunnah. So I think it's a very important mission to start working on ourselves and to separate and filter the cultural issues and the Islamic issues and to follow the path of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Another? I hope you are still remembering something to, for me to write. Why should we love Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Another thing to show love to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take Prophet Muhammad as an arbitrator, as a judge among us. Listen to the verse, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتَ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا By the way, this short verse has ten emphatic forms. Ten emphatic forms, but this is not the time to talk about it. But you can see how important this verse is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by any of his creature. But here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by himself. So Allah is swearing by himself in this verse. And there is nothing greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can imagine how important this verse is. And then he swears, but he added his name to the name of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ by saying, وَرَبِّكَ In one word, the Lord of Muhammad, to see how important following Prophet Muhammad ﷺ is and how taking him as an, as an arbitrator. A valid question would rise up and would say that... Uh, how can we take Prophet Muhammad as an arbitrator and judge amongst us and he's not live, alive? He's dead. Of course, the answer for every Muslim is the Sunnah is still alive and the Quran is still alive. And by following what is in the Quran and the Sunnah, we are taking Muhammad as a judge. Again, Continuously mentioning him. Whenever you get the name of Prophet Muhammad talk about him. Talk to your kids about him. Talk to people that you know about him. Just take one quality and talk about it to people. Yes, from time to time talk about Prophet Muhammad 
uh, and pray upon him. Again, imitate Prophet Muhammad wasallam. Again, loving his family, loving the family of Prophet Muhammad wasallam, Showing respect to Prophet Muhammad wasallam by يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُقَدِّمُوا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Showing respect to Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, but when you are asked what's your opinion about this issue, don't hasten. Don't say your opinion quickly. No. Wait and see. Is there anything in the Quran that Prophet Muhammad ﷺ brought to us about this issue? Did, any, did Prophet Muhammad ﷺ make any comment on it? Or did he say anything about it? If the answer is no, start suggesting. Now, you see, if I ask you, what is today? What is today? Huh? Saturday, right? What is tomorrow? Sunday. Well, speak up. What's, what was yesterday? Friday. Prophet Muhammad reached the level with the companion that whenever he asked, I didn't expect you to do this, of course. Uh, whenever he asks them a question, and even if they know it, they wouldn't say the answer. When he was in Hajjat al-Wada'a, sallallahu alayhi wa he was with the companion, and he asked them, what is today? And every, them, every one of them, yes, knew that it was the day of Arafah. It's such a famous day, it's only one day in, in, in life probably, or one day every year. All of them knew that it was the day of Arafah. What was their answer? Allahu wa rasuluhu a'lam. Everybody knew that it was Arafah, but they didn't say that it was Arafah. They waited until to hear from Prophet Muhammad wasallam. The time is running, and I hope that we... we... Yes, alhamdulillah, some, some more time was given to us. Uh, Ten more minutes, alhamdulillah. Very generous. So had Prophet Muhammad wasallam been here, he would have given me probably more than that. Yeah. <laughs> So, لا تقدموا بين يدي الله ورسول. Do not suggest. Do not give your ideas. Because, by the way, we mix between uh, things that are relevant to our life, our daily life. And in our daily life, you, we need you to be a good thinker, a creative thinker, a problem solver. We need every Muslim to be that. But not in issues of, 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 of religion. You need, you know, that one of uh, the people who are in the United States, a Muslim, so-called Muslim, yes, because he was taught how to be a problem solver. Uh, they were discussing the issue of that Muslims are losing one or two hours on Friday to go to pray Salat al-Jum'ah. So he sincerely and willingly suggested that why shouldn't we make Salat al-Jum'ah on Sunday? Problem solver. Yeah. So when you generalize or overgeneralize, and when you mix between worldly issues and religious issues, when we're talking about, uh, yes, the issue of bid'ah, the, the, the thing that you hear from scholars, they don't talk about bid'ahs in, in life. No. In fact, you should be very creative. Two computers with such a nice screen, PowerPoint presentation, all these are things that you are encouraged to do to create things, to be creative, to be problem solver, but not in the issues of religion. 
You have to teach yourself how to uphold and hold your tongue and even your thinking when you talk about religion. You have to be like the followers of Prophet Muhammad Say, say this issue. Allahu wa rasuluhu a'lam. Don't answer momentarily. Wait until you get the answer, until you look for the answer, and then you give the answer to people. Don't be quick and you get many fatwas nowadays. All the people you go here and there, everybody is asking you a question and they expect the answer to be with you in your, in your pocket, yes. Don't feel, don't be ashamed when you say, La a'rifu, I don't know. Teach yourself to say, La a'rif, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's much better to say, I don't know, than to say a fatwa, yes. And you know that the closest one amongst us to hellfire is the one who makes the fatwa very quickly. Again, taking Muhammad wasallam as the only role model, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ If you really looking for your goal, your vision is focused on the day of judgment and meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if this is your vision and you focus on that vision, so there is no other role model for you except Prophet Muhammad If your goal and objective and vision is something else, so focus on another person. So if you really want to reach safely to paradise and to meet Allah on the day of judgment in a good situation, you should take Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as a role model. Uh, uh, I will end up with this and I will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us all and to make us of those who love Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and to imitate him in our faith, in our beliefs, in our correct beliefs in this religion and in our practice, in our ibadah, in our talk, in our dealing with people, the Muslims and non-Muslims, and to be uh, good copies of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And one of the uh, greatest thing about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I would talk about it. Now I'll end up with this, which is uh, most of the difficulties of human being, you find a big gap, a big mismatch, between what they say and what they do. All of us have a degree or another, yes, of this big gap between faith and practice, or theory and practice. And Prophet Muhammad when he was asked, uh, when Aisha anha was asked about the manners of Prophet Muhammad she said, كَانَ خُلُقُهُ Al-Quran, his behavior was matching exactly the Quran. In other words, she was saying that if you want to see the manners of Prophet Muhammad and there's no way for us to see it, look at the Quran and read the pages of the Quran and the verses of the Quran, you would get a clear idea about the manners of Prophet Muhammad and vice versa. If you want to see what is in the Quran, look at the behavior of Prophet Muhammad and you would understand what is in the Quran about the issues of halal 
and haram. In other words, there's no mismatch between the sayings and the practice. We have three minutes for questions and answers, although I was told that this should be uh, delayed to a whole session tomorrow, I'm sure. Is it tomorrow or after tomorrow? Yeah, it's tomorrow. I don't know whether people... Somebody said, Mahmoud, uh, do you expect me to give a free copy for every Mahmoud in the world? Uh, and another one is Saeed. You see that there are at least two million people carry the name of Saeed in the world. Uh, I wish that you give me your full name. If you want a copy, if you don't want, alhamdulillah, I will save that money. You want me to answer it? Most of them are comments, alhamdulillah. They are... Some of them, uh, I think, need uh, other people to answer. There are some who claim to be the living descendants of the Prophet Muhammad Can you clarify if this can be true? Yes. There are some descendants of the Prophet Muhammad They are living. Yes. This is true. But everybody is, is not claiming, everybody is claiming not necessarily to be one of them. A uh, question about jinn and Prophet Muhammad ﷺ gave da'wah to jinn. And it says that, does that mean that some jinns are Muslims? Of course. Of course. There are some jinns that are Muslims. And there is a whole verse called Surah Al-Jinn in the Quran. And part of it, it says that, وَإِنَّ مِنَّ الصَّالِحُونَ وَمِنَّ دُونَ ذَلِكَ Some of us are righteous. Some of us are good Muslims. Alhamdulillah. Yes. This one? Why in particular this? It should be a difficult one. Uh, we should love Prophet Muhammad above our families. Could you please explain the difference in our love for Allah, which should be greater? Of course, you love Allah more than Prophet Muhammad There's no doubt in our hearts in that. But the, the, the first part of the sentence is that we love uh, above our families. And then the question is not related to that. Explain the difference in our love for Allah, uh, which should be greater. Of course, our love for Allah should be much, much, much greater than Prophet Muhammad Uh, The love of Prophet Muhammad as a messenger of Allah who brought this message to us. Yes. And of course, it's different from our love to our uh, wives. It's different from our love to our kids. It's different from our love to our parents. It's totally a love because he is the one who brought guidance to us. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay, Jazakallah khair. Um, the seminars are due to start at half past ten, so that leaves us with twenty minutes for a break. Um, the seminars in the same places as before. 
if you can make sure that by 10.20 latest, we've cleared this area out where the tuck shop is so that sisters can go through to the marquee at the back quite easily. Jazakallah. If, inshallah, I, when, when I print it, it will be here. Did you suggest? Yeah, give me all your questions then.